Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Relatable, and I'm your host, Star. Hello, hello guys, and welcome back to another episode of Relatable. Don't mind me just absolutely vibing out to the intro music there. I just have to give a really quick shout out to my good friend, Patty, who very kindly created that intro music for me. It's the custom make doll. We don't, we don't just get it off a website. We get it purposely created for the podcast. So thank you, Patty. You can find him on Instagram at pat underscore mac underscore music. I'll also link his Spotify in the show notes because he's an absolute fucking legend. And if you can't tell from that intro, he creates absolute bangers. Now guys, I am being a little bit naughty today and I'm dropping this episode on a Monday. As you know, our usual programming is that Wednesday, uh, sorry, Wednesdays is potty dropping day, but potty dropping sounds like potty dropping. Whenever I say it on Instagram, the captions come up as potty and I'm like podcast. I need to enunciate my words, but guys, it would be a crime if I was to keep this episode from you any longer. Don't you worry. We will of course have the regular episode dropping on Wednesday this week, but this episode, I really needed to give you guys as much time as possible to listen to it before we get into Christmas, because we are talking about dealing with difficult family members. And I thought this was a very timely chat to have because Christmas is the time of year where you're probably going to see relatives that you haven't had to see all year. And for many of us, that can be extremely anxiety inducing. You're probably thinking of a relative already, that one person, that one fucking person that you really don't want to see, but you kind of have to, or so you think. Uh, And there's just a lot of tension and a lot of stress that can come even in just the anticipation to leading up to that. And on top of that, being around family can be fucking exhausting. It doesn't mean that you don't love your family. It's just the fact that it drains your energy to be around other people and especially when you have opposing fucking political views the way you see your world whatever it is that is coming to mind for you I want you to know that the way you're feeling is valid and what this chat is going to do is going to give you some amazing tools and get you prepared and I guess a little bit make you feel a little bit more empowered going into all of these events so that you can have some tools in your belt to know, okay, how can I best protect my mental well-being and look after myself and respect myself and my boundaries in these situations? So we have Ange on today, who is an incredible psychologist, and she has been so generous with her knowledge with us today, guys. So I cannot wait to get into that chat. But before we do that, it would be rude if I didn't share something really fucking annoying that happened to me this week. You know, when like things are going well and you're like, yes, I'm on top of my life. This is amazing. And then something fucking annoying happens. Well, I'll tell you what happened to me. I got my new podcasting equipment. As you guys know, I spoke about it last week. I was super excited about it. There's a micro SD card that holds all of your content. Pretty much if you don't have that, you can't fucking do anything on this machine, right? So I went to put the SD card back into the little slot at the back. It's about half a centimeter in size. And instead of going into the slot, it fell behind that in the space that was like point something, something of a millimeter. It fell into that space and then went inside the machine. 
it's not supposed to go inside the machine. You can't open this up. It's not a fucking remote. It's not a TV remote that you can just pop open and take the batteries out and remove it. No, no, no. It is rattling inside the machine. I can shake it like a Polaroid picture and the little SD card's having a fucking party inside there. And it is so annoying because it's not something that I can just open up and be like, okay, got it. All good. No worries. Move on. So now I'm having to go to the company who makes these machines, get out, get that sorted because I'm like, is this going to fucking blow up if it's just chilling in there? Anyways, so annoying, guys. Take my uh, take my advice. Okay, learn from my mistake. Uh, be careful when you're putting things into small holes, okay? Absolute pun intended. Where's rim shot? There we go. Okay, guys, before we bring Ange onto the podcast, I just want to give my two cents about this situation. Um, and that is that we always get to define our relationships with the people in our family. No matter what title they are, if it's your sibling, your mom, your dad, your uncle, whoever the fuck it is, it doesn't matter what society tells you that person should be for you because we can often hold these people on such a high pedestal and they can treat us like fucking shit. So why would I want to give energy and space to this person who only takes from me? So please go into this chat with that in mind. And you just remember, you get to define what your relationships look like. People in our family can be literally the most toxic people in our life. So I know that it's really hard when you see on social media at this time of year, like everyone's posting with their fucking perfect families and oh my God, look at my Christmas lunch, blah, blah, blah. But just remember that a lot of that is actually bullshit. Everything is curated. I want you to see a specific part of my life. I want that to evoke certain feelings in you. So please don't be hard on yourself when you see that shit circulating on the day. If you need to tap out, tap out, throw your phone in the bin. Except when a new podcast episode drops, don't throw it in me. Get out and listen to that. If you need to take a breather at any point, you can do that. Just remove yourself from that situation because I hope that what you've learned over the past couple of episodes, and this is something that I'm definitely trying to implement in my life, is that you just need to take control of as much as you can take control of. And I think when it comes to events like this, what you have the power to do is set those boundaries and remove yourself from situations that make you feel like absolute shit. So that's my little two cents, but I will let Ange do the rest of the talking because she is just absolutely fucking incredible. And thank you so much to everyone who sent through their questions on Instagram. And I have, what I did is kind of compiled them together. So hopefully uh, everything gets answered, but if there are any follow-up questions that you have, guys, please don't hesitate to reach out and, you know, maybe we'll get Ange on again one day, but you guys are going to love this. Let's bring in Ange. My name's Ange. I just work as a psychologist and a school counsellor. And so I work a lot with, I guess, kids transitioning to being adults um, and a lot of 20s and 30s just for daily life stuff and relational stuff. So that's kind of my my jam, really. Awesome. And we have had some questions come through on Instagram, so we might just jump right on in. So the first one that we had, Ange, was... How to deal with family members who judge you based on your appearance, job, and everything? Well, I guess it starts with, I don't know, how do you deal with just being different to other humans around you? Because family members are going to judge you. They're going to have different opinions. They're going to, they're from a different generation. Sometimes they're not, but they have a different set of expectations of the universe. And so it comes back down to boundaries which is what a lot of stuff to do with Christmas and being a human's comes back to. Um, so I guess that the crux of it is just if you need your family to accept you and like who you are and every aspect of you, you're going to be disappointed. 
you're going to feel frustrated, you're going to be upset, and you're going to get angry. If you like you, and if you're kind of okay with who you are, it makes it a lot easier. Um, I don't know, Star, if you've had this before where someone hasn't liked you and you've tried really hard to make them like you and continually felt frustrated and annoyed and trying to really sell yourself. Have you done that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, I mean, I'm 27. I say this like I'm super old, but the older I get, I feel like I just don't really give as much of a shit as I used to. Cause I think it's quite exhausting to have to try and fit yourself to, I guess, the perception that you want everyone else to see you as and try to make yourself into this person. So that kind of, I feel just adds another layer of something else to worry about at this time of year. So yeah, definitely have experienced that before. Yeah, and so you put in all this extra effort. You're already wrecked. It's the end of the year. It's been a rubbish year as it is. So our capacity is all pretty low. And then we go in and we have this expectation that we can change other humans. And to go in knowing that you can't can be quite relieving. It's just like, oh, I'm not a superhuman. I can't change what they think of me or their opinions of anybody else. But I have to be solid in the fact that I'm okay with them not liking me. And that is something that so many adults are learning. And I learn every day. It's just, it doesn't matter if they don't like me. What they say and do is a reflection of them. It's not a reflection of me. What they like and don't like is a reflection of them, not a reflection of me. And so it's starting to realize what's on the, I call it the tennis court. So in tennis, this is going to go basically to any question that you have to do with any relationship that exists on one side is the person you're trying to relate to and on the other side is you and there's a net in the middle on their side of the tennis court is their game that's their life and they're playing it if you need them to play differently in order to enjoy your game you're going to have a terrible time because you're going to be trying to run around there teach them stuff and abandon your side and then you're going to lose And you need to stay on your side of the court and you need to observe them. And on their side of the court is their thoughts, their feelings and their behaviour. On your side of the court is your thoughts, your feelings and your behaviour. And the things on your side of the court are the only things you have control of. Anything on the other side of the court, you have no control of at all. And if you want them to be different, you're going to feel uncomfortable, upset. And so it's coming back to going, okay, so I'm having the thought that they're a jerk because they're having a judgmental thought about me and my new haircut, you know? So I think that they're not very nice and they think I'm an idiot and they think I haven't got my life together and I need them to like me in order to be okay. And then you're going to feel frustrated and upset and then you're going to move away from them and probably sulk and have a bit of a rough time. But if you think, oh, they don't particularly like my hair, but I do. And it really doesn't matter what they think because once I leave this event, I'm going to be around people that actually see me and like me. Then you're going to feel fine and then you can participate without getting upset. So it's really just observing what's on their side of the tennis court and being knowing that that's their stuff. And then looking on your side of the tennis court and going, oh, I'm going to look after my stuff. So that's how I would deal with them. It's just a bit of an internal conversation and not requiring them to be different. 
I love that so much. So what would you say are some, I guess, tools that people can use when they know that that person is going to be sitting at the same table as them? Like, would you recommend them sitting far away from them or just actively trying to not engage in conversation? Well, I guess it depends on what you're trying to avoid. Um, What topics are we talking? Are we talking like really like hardcore topics that are going to upset people or sort of surface stuff? Um, Look, I mean, I think this year has been a very emotionally and politically charged one. There's a lot of feelings flying around. Um, So let's go for the hardcore stuff just for the sake of of this conversation. Okay, so hardcore stuff. We're talking vaccination. We're talking race. We're talking anything political, Um, even sexual orientation. So it depends on the level of, I would say, as always, check your capacity. Yeah, if you're walking in there off a massive week of work, you've had some things that have upset you that week and you're a bit tired, sit at the other end of the table. Yeah, to stay on your side of the tennis court takes a lot of effort. If your cup is already full and you're about to overflow, you're not going to be able to do it. But if you've had a good week, you're feeling pretty sure of yourself, that you know that you're, going, you're only there for three hours and you're going home to your flat your dog, whatever it is, and you just get to chill and watch Netflix for the next few hours and there's a seating plan and you have to sit near them, then it doesn't matter. You'll probably be able to go, you know what, it's three hours, I can do it. So I can sit here and I can know that I'm in my bubble or on my side of the tennis court and I'm in control of that. You know, I don't have to take on board anything they say because that's their stuff. But it really is checking your capacity and not expecting yourself to tolerate someone who really drives you mad when you're already exhausted. First and foremost, care for yourself, basically. We love the B word boundaries on this podcast. <laughs> love it. Thank you so much. Let's talk boundaries. <laughs> I think that um, goes really nicely into the second question, which is when is it appropriate to cut ties? Do I have to go to family Christmas events? Well, the short answer is no. Um <laughs> Because like, I guess when it talks about boundaries, the word no is probably one of the most important words that as kids we're taught isn't okay, you know, to just say no. Um, and so we feel really bad as adults when we just say no and we feel like we have to justify our no or explain our no in order for it to be valid. And if you don't want to do something, quite simply, you don't have to. Um, that's your choice as an adult. But when it comes to Christmas, we have all these preconceived um, pressures and other people's expectations and stories that we tell ourselves that we will be bad or wrong if we don't go. And they can cause a huge amount of stress and anxiety. This year in particular, I would encourage people to really check in with themselves what they need this year. We haven't had a lot of opportunity to look after our own needs this year because there's been so many other things we've had to manage. So to really stop and to say, what do I need this Christmas? And it isn't an all or nothing response. Um, I think that sometimes we get a bit black and white and we think we either have to go or we don't have to go. And so it's, it's finding out how much of it do I want to attend? Who do I want to see? And why don't I want to go if I don't want to go? Because if you don't want to go because you've got a better plan, and you wanna go hang out with your family, well, your own family or your friends that you might consider family, do that. 
But if you're not going because there's someone going to be there who upsets you and you want to go and see the rest of your family, then it may be being upfront with the person running it or your parents or that person and putting some boundaries in place to allow you to get your needs met, which might be seeing your parents or seeing your cousins, but not having to deal with somebody's bullshit that you don't want to deal with. Um, so it's really checking in, why don't I want to go? Is it because of one person or one particular event? And can I avoid that or put boundaries around it? And then I can still have the parts I want. Or do I just not want to go because I just don't want to? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I know my partner, when he was from the UK and when he first moved out, he said the best thing about having Christmas in Australia is I have no pressure from my family and I can do whatever I want. And I want to let you all know that you can do that every year. You don't have to move to the other side of the world to do that. And you can connect via Zoom and check in with your family on Christmas. You can celebrate with them on the 27th of December or 18th of January and do something special if it's too much for you. But it's checking in with yourself and being honest with yourself about what you need and why you don't want to go. And then it's letting them know honestly. Because the more you lie and the more you skip around it, the more anxiety provoking it gets for everybody. And we all start making up stories and that's when space gets created in relationships. And and what about dealing with these situations when it might not be our direct family? Uh, for example, the in-laws, we did have a couple of questions come through about facing these situations if it was, say, your mother-in-law. I guess it comes, first talk to your partner. You know, check in with yourself. Why don't I want to go? Do I want to go? If it's because she's grumpy or she's cold or you feel judged or excluded or you feel like your partner gangs up with her or changes back into a teenage version of himself and you can't connect with him anymore, um, then the problem probably isn't with the mother-in-law, it's with the partner and that needs to be cleared up. Um, but if it is, you know, if there's a specific behaviour that your mother-in-law does that makes you feel uncomfortable or violates your safety in some way your emotional safety or your mental safety then discuss it with your partner and if you have a relationship with her discuss it with her so in this there's two when in all of these conversations I'm not sure on your previous podcast how much have you spoken about the difference between internal boundaries and external boundaries we've gone very surface level with boundaries so I'm sure we would all love to get a little bit deeper ah Cool. So internal boundaries are our own boundaries with self where we're responsible for our feelings and thoughts and behaviours. So if my mother-in-law, say, sat me somewhere at the table that was separate to my partner and, you know, somewhere down there that felt like a jab or she served a food that I'd specifically said that I couldn't eat, say I was gluten-free and she served lots of glutinous things and you felt like it was a personal attack. What I'm responsible for is the interpretation of her behaviour. So if I think to myself without asking, oh, she's serving this because she's having a go at me because I can tell she doesn't like me, 
then I'm going to feel like not going because I'm going to think she is intentionally excluding me and I'm going to feel hurt. But then my internal boundary says to me, I made up that story. Yeah, I am responsible for my feelings and thoughts. And so I can either choose to believe it's true, even though I made it up, or I could check with her. I've noticed you've made lots of glutinous food every time I've come. I know I've told you that I'm gluten-free, but I'm just wondering why you do that. Yeah, so you just state it. I've noticed. I'm really skipping over a few things here. So there's two parts. So one is I'm responsible for my thoughts and feelings. And so I need to figure out, is my thought true? And I can either come up with alternatives myself, which is maybe it's just because this is all she knows how to cook and it's not a personal jab at me and I've just made that up because I'm feeling sensitive. And therefore I can sort of become a bit more compassionate. It's like, mm, maybe she's just not that great a cook and she's feeling a bit stuck. Maybe I'll just take my own things to eat and then it's not a problem. And this isn't just specifically about food. This globalize it to whatever you're having troubles with. It's likely that it's not personal and our own sensitivities are telling us a story that makes it more personal. So come up with some other stories and decide if your story is true or not. Also get clear with your partner about what stories you tell yourself. Say every time we go to your mum's, I make up that you side with her and I end up feeling alone. What I'd like to do is be able to, you know, tap you on the shoulder and you understand that I'm feeling a bit isolated and come and look after me a little bit for that minute. Because if you feel safe, it doesn't really matter what your mother-in-law does. If you feel safe in yourself and connected to your partner. And external boundaries, we'll move into this one now, is basically the things that keep us safe in the world. So the physical boundaries, um, emotional boundaries, sort of mental boundaries. And we need to communicate those to the other party. So when you sit me at the other end of the table, um, I feel rejected or I feel upset because I would like to sit next to my partner at Christmas. I make up the story that you don't want me anywhere near you or you're trying to have a go at me and I wish that I could just sit with him. That's pretty confrontational, but not really. It's pretty blunt and you'd need a pretty clear relationship. But it's just letting her know I feel really isolated when you sit me down the other end of the table and I'd really like just to sit next to my partner at Christmas. So it's naming your thing. And if she can't do that, if you continue to put me up the other end of the table, I'm just not going to come to Christmas because I don't feel included. Or you can say that to your partner. Or you may not even need to communicate it to the mother-in-law because he's tried and it's made no difference. So you say, well, I'm not going to go unless you move and sit next to me at dinner. But at the crux of it, it's connecting with your partner because that's where your safety lies. Yeah, if he abandons you for his mother-in-law or you feel like he does because you're telling yourself a story, you need to tell him because you're not going to be able to change your mother-in-law but there's a red hot chance that you and your partner can come up with a different way of managing the behaviors that they do. And at the end of the day, you also don't need to go. He can go, it's his family. And you can go and do something totally different and that's okay too. 
Amazing. Wow. I'm like so glad this is all recorded because I'm going to be listening to my own podcast episode. Now, Ange, I would love to know what are, um, I guess, some ways that we can implement self-care at this time of year when we are all particularly feeling really burnt out, stressed and just really over it. What are some ways that we can look after our mental well-being? It's really, it's a hard time of year for mental well-being and physical well-being because we get in this momentum and we start this anxiety sort of thing starts happening. And I've noticed it with all my clients and just the humans in the universe is that we start to get faster. You know, we just need to do this and I just need to do this and I've got this on and I've got this on. And everything starts to feel more and more important. And we don't want to let anyone down and we need to look our best and we need to be on our best. And it's sort of having a look at your schedule and scheduling in some downtime for one. That's a really good starting point going, I'm going to need some downtime. Where can I put that in rather than just hoping that it happens? And it's figuring out what makes me feel relaxed. And that's different for everyone. Like I know friends that get a massage every week through Christmas. They just book it in at the beginning, knowing that they need full silence and some physical touch and that that helps them through. I know other people that book all their Pilates classes for the whole of Christmas because once they go, they have to pay. And if they cancel, then they don't get their money back. So it locks them into a bit of self-care. So it's like, and it's that level of commitment. It's like, I need to schedule in this stuff because internal boundaries are also about us um, adhering to our own. It's like reparenting yourself. And if you're, a, say you're a permissive parent and you just let your kid do anything, when it happens is you end up with a child who's exhausted and running riot and collapsing emotionally. If you just let yourself do anything through the Christmas holidays, you're going to be the child who is collapsing, emotional, not coping and exhausted. And then if you're the really strict parent who says, no, I'm only going out on Fridays and Saturday nights for the whole of Christmas because that means I can stay healthy and I can still do all my normal things. You're going to feel a bit restricted and you'll lose that sense of fun and connection and sort of embracing the magic or the festivity of the holidays. And so the idea of that parenting that has boundaries rather than rules or nothing is where we want to get to. And that's the one that says, okay, you can go out these nights, but I'm noticing that I'm feeling a little bit tired or snappy. So what I need to do today, you need to stay home and you need to rest or you need to have an early night. You know, the parent that just says, okay, it's time for bed now. You're pretty wrecked and you've had a big day. That's your internal boundaries too, because I am looking after my needs here. If you ignore them, you'll end up shattered and you'll end up probably having a fight with someone or losing something important or something will happen. Or your skin will go terrible. You'll look awful. Who knows? But it's just coming back to going, okay, I need to be my own parent through Christmas. And this is sort of the model of reparenting where we all have an inner child and our inner child can get very excited at this time of year and go a bit nuts. So we need to be the person that regulates us but sees that we also want to have fun. So schedule it in, listen to yourself, do check-ins, wake up in the morning, how do I feel today? What have I got on for today? And how does my body feel when I'm thinking about it? Amazing. Wow. So much valuable information. Um, I've just got one last question for you. So we've spoken about if you have direct tension with someone in the family, but what if you feel like you're the mediator between two other people, say your two siblings or a sibling and a parent, how 
can you best manage again your mental well-being and I guess the energy in the room if you find yourself in a situation like that well in relationships you can imagine imagine two dots joined by a line so that's two people and their relationship exists between them we're on a podcast so I'm gonna stop using my hands um so the line exists between the two people and that's their relationship that's the sibling and the other family member for example And that's their relationship. When you put another dot and then draw some more lines, it's called triangulation. And all of a sudden you've got another person who's trying to mediate or moderate a relationship between two other people. This never works. What happens is this person then invests or has an expectation that relationship of the other two people are gonna change. And if you're that person, you're gonna end up feeling resentful and exhausted. Because if we have any expectations at Christmas, I really want everyone to hear this part particularly. If you have any expectations about how Christmas is going to go or how relationships are going to go, you're planning resentments. Drop all expectations of everything and just work with what is. Go in with curiosity and some openness because if you go in with expectations, you will end up feeling resentful and exhausted. And so when we decide that we want to be the third person in a relationship or that we think that we can change another relationship, we think that we can change not one but two people. We can't change one person, let alone two people and their relationship. That's their responsibility. And what happens is when we pick up responsibility for their relationship, they put it down. And you can't fix it. And then they stop trying to fix it. And so you end up in a position, what you're describing, where you're exhausted because you're holding all this responsibility for their relationship and you can't do anything with it. You just have to sit there holding it. My advice is to give it back. Notice their discomfort and you can name it. So this is their tennis court. Now, all of a sudden you're observing their tennis game. Yeah, and what you can do is you can say, I notice that you and mum are having, you know, if it's, say, sibling and mum, I notice that you and mum seem to be arguing a lot. Are you okay? Do you need a hug? Or do you want to go outside and have a laugh about something else? Because then what you're doing is working your relationship with that person and they can regulate through that rather than you trying to fix their tennis game, which has gone to hell. They need to be the one to responsible to fix that because you can't. Yeah, and you can observe to mum, I notice every time you talk about her not having a job, she gets really upset and you guys end up fighting. How does that feel when you do that? It feels like terrible. It's like, oh, you know, if you ever just need to walk away and talk to somebody else instead of doing that, you can come and talk to me, but I'm not going to talk about that. If you ever just need to walk away, I'll give you a hug, but I'm not willing to engage a conversation. And if they try and draw you in because you've always done it, Because another thing I want you to realize is we teach people how to treat us. So if you have always been the mediator, what they're going to do is they're going to expect that you're going to be the mediator again. And if you've decided that you don't want to be that anymore, there's going to be a little bit of pushback. So they're going to reach out for you to mediate because you've always done that. And you can say, you need to let them know. Because once we decide that we're going to put a boundary in place, We can't just not tell anyone because then we just look like a bit of an ass. So we need to let them know because otherwise it's like, oh, she just doesn't care anymore. That will be the story. 
she just doesn't give it, you know, she doesn't care that we're fighting or, you know, she's too busy in her own life. But there'll be stories made up and all of a sudden you'll be the bad guy. So what you say when they're not in the middle of a fight, if you've, that's a decision you've made, is you put your boundary in place. So you're clear, you are concise, and you are consistent. If we are not consistent with our boundaries, they are merely suggestions. So if you say to them, if you guys have a fight today and you come to me to help you, what I'm going to do is let you know that I don't want to be a part of it, but I'm here for both of you separately to talk about other things, but I don't want to get involved today. I'm exhausted and I'm just going to stay connecting with either of you separately, or I'm just going to stay out of it. It's not mine. And you guys are perfectly functional adults. And then if they ask you to come in and you do, you have just totally undermined your boundary. And then you're going to feel cross, but the crossness is going to be at you. And then you need to reestablish the boundary. I know I just came in and now I'm feeling really grumpy about it. So I'm going to let you know again, I'm actually not going to do that. I'm going to go sit by the pool. Yeah. Or wherever you are, but it's reinstating your boundary, being clear, consistent and concise. So if they come to you when you're fighting after you've set the boundary, and they say, oh, but so-and-so said this. And you can say, I let you know earlier, I'm not going to do that. But if you want to talk about something else, I'm here. So it's really just being firm in your boundary, being really clear, not a long story. You don't have to justify it. You just tell them where it is. And then you come back to your individual dot with each of those individual people rather than a triangle. Wow, and thank you so much. I just need a moment to process all of that information. I am so, so grateful for your time. And I know that all of our podcast listeners here today will feel so empowered and well-equipped going into the silly season now with this information that you've so generously shared. But I just want you to know that you're going to screw up. We all do. And you're going to get involved. And it's totally normal because it's really hard. And that you never miss a moment and you can change your mind at any point. And if you're in the middle of a dinner and all of a sudden you just need to be out of there, you can say, I'm sorry, everybody. I actually need to go. And you can go. Yeah, you don't have to feel stuck. Because the most important thing is to go and enjoy it all and connect with humans. Yeah, It's been a hard year and I, I wish you all a Merry Christmas. Oh my goodness. I told you guys it was going to be amazing. Did you think it was going to be that amazing? Probably not. And guess what? The best part is you can come back to this episode whenever you need to. Whenever you're faced with a situation that's making you feel tense when it comes to family, you want to remember how to set those boundaries, you want to really spark those self-care practices in your mind, please come back to this episode. Oh my goodness. I'm so grateful for Ange and for coming on the podcast. And it's just really exciting. This is our first, I guess, proper interview episode. And it just shows like we are going to be able to give platform to so many incredible voices and learn so many amazing things together so guys if you did enjoy today's episode make sure you put it onto your instagram story please tag me as always you can find us in the relatable podcast facebook community and let me know in there like what did you learn from today are there any conversations that you want to continue do you have anything that you want to share with the class because we can all bloody learn some things from each other the best way that this podcast can grow is by you guys getting the word out there so please Please share it to everyone. And as always, I appreciate you all so much. I'll be back in your ears on Wednesday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.